The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today. Episode 5, 1982, Gone Fishing. In this fifth and final installment for 1982, we will cover November 1st through December 31st. on November 1st, Polydor Records released the single My Man by Yoko Ono. The song is taken from Yoko's album release, It's Alright. The song was written in 1980 as a love song to John. It was originally titled My Papa, a term Yoko used for her husband John when she spoke about him to her family and Japanese-speaking friends. John thought she should call the song My Old Man because there was already a song called My Papa. Yoko changed the title to My Man at the time of recording.
was around this time in November that Michael Jackson again spoke to McCartney. It was on the eve of Michael launching a new LP. And once again, the conversation shifted with Michael asking Paul for some business advice. For business, you ought to think about music publishing. It's because it's very good business. You love music. I'm into it. It does very well. It's a nice, easy business for a musician to be in. And it's a, it's a, it's a very um, rewarding business because mm -hmm. it's, it's music, right. songs, beautiful songs. Today, he said, I'm going to buy your songs. I said, well, it's a bit of an old joke by now, but very funny. All right. Yeah. Knowing that McCartney failed at his attempt to purchase the Lennon-McCartney song publishing catalog last year, Jackson had his eyes on that prize. If only he had a huge earnings windfall. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. On November 5th at the Elstree Film Studios in Borehamwood, Hertfordshire, McCartney, with a budget of £1,500,000, begins filming scenes for Paul's movie titled Broad Street. Paul McCartney. When I started it, uh, I'd heard all these terrible stories, you know, and I say David Putnam had said to me, be prepared to give up a year of your life. And I really didn't like the thought of that. I thought, well, no, you know, it'll take some of my time, but I'll be able to do plenty of other things. So I fought that idea, and when Peter and I were going to make it, I said, look, one thing we've really got to try and say we're going to do is, like, enjoy ourselves on this film. Because they all have heart attacks and tear their hair out and all go mad. Today we've been doing a piece of atmosphere music for, like, uh, it's kind of like 1920s-type music, you know, because... For a background thing where there's an old man, it's actually played by Sir Alf Richardson. I think it was his last film he did, he just died recently. And uh, we, we were doing the background music for, for Ralph's scene. So it's great, you know, it's great getting into like really old fashioned music, it's crazy.
Also on November 5th in the UK and November 8th in America, Dark Horse Records released the album Gone Trapo by ex-pop star, peace seeker, gardener, George Harrison. This is the 10th solo studio album by George. There's no, uh, what they call bullshit. Time you know. 
With the release of Gone Trapo, Harrison fulfills his contractual obligations with Warner Brothers, the distributors of his Dark Horse Records label. Disillusioned by the music business and Warner Brothers constant interjecting their views of his content, there's a, a lack of depth of experience. George refuses to promote Gontropo in any way, from interviews to videos. Nobody knows what people want, or they, some people think they know what the public want, so it's got this great confusion. Warner Brothers reacts by not getting behind its release in any promotions or TV press advertisements. Thus, the album only rose to 108 in the U.S. Billboard Top 200 charts. And in the U.K., it didn't even chart, although it peaked to number 31 in Norway.
allowed one kind of music to listen to, I would have to say it was Indian, North Indian classical music. That is to say the Ravi Shankars, uh, Ali Akbar Khan, that kind of stuff. If you talk about rock and roll, then rock and roll to me is Little Richard, Chuck Berry, Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, that stuff. I don't hear music these days, although they call it rock and roll, it's not rock and roll. Krishnas are like groupies, you know, for me, because they think, oh, well, George is into it, so they all come. And one of the things that the master taught was that the first problem in the world is that we all encroach upon each other. And so what do they do? They, they do it to me, too, out of love, maybe, but um, nevertheless, it's still a limit to how many people or Krishnas you can meet in one day or one lifetime.
nice people can put on a concert that's got all these lights and effects and special things like that. It's really, you know, it's what's inside that counts. That's what I think. You know, all that is like a diversion. You know, I want something to say something, something to enrich my experience. <laughs> Last week I've been just getting up, go for a run around my garden, eat a bowl of Scott's porridge oats and go in the recording studio.
deep brown eyes I've seen What are we doing on this planet? You know, I get confused when I look around at the world and I see everybody's running around and 
you know, as Bob Dylan said, he not busy being born is busy dying, and yet nobody's trying to figure out what's the cause of death.
the supreme being when he was m making uh, creation. Well, everything that got done late on a Friday afternoon, you know, had a few holes in it. Oh 
One song on the album was written by George while meditating in India. Harrison recorded this demo back in 1968. ago, which I think was in the Bible, it said, knock and the door will be opened. And it's true. If you want to know anything in this life, you just have to knock on the door, whether that be some physically on somebody else's door and ask them a question, or which I was lucky to find is the meditation is, you know, it's all within.
Album Gone Tropo. The album's artwork was created by Legs Larry Smith of the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. In America on the same day, November 8th, Dark Horse Records released the single Wake Up My Love by George Harrison. The song was taken from George's LP Gone Tropo. And like the album, Harrison does not do any promotion or publicity for this single. As soon as we can have program planners and disc jockeys that don't have to bow down to the um, uh, sponsors because that's the problem is that you know for instance you'd get a playlist that the DJs were allowed to play maybe three new records a week now you have one record company may put out 20 or 30 and then you've got like 50 record companies so what they do is They'd look anything over 3 minutes 30, they don't even listen to. And then it's usually the program planner, for his own personal motives or whatever he's getting, you know, backhanders, or how much you go and bow and scrape to them, the records will get played. And so, uh, you know, I'm not really into that anymore. We genuinely got popular by people just playing them because they liked them. And... Uh, yeah, I think, you know, as soon as the business, I don't see it settling down, it's going to get more and more money, more and more greed and selfishness. And on that basis, people have tin ears as far as I'm concerned. So I think uh, the most difficult thing is just to try and continue and try to do what comes natural and uh, hope that somehow it still fits into the picture.
The single peaked at number 53 in the U.S., but, like the album, it failed to chart in Great Britain. Aside from the LP Gone Troppo, another fab album was released on November 8th, the John Lennon Collection on Geffen Records. The album peaked at number 33 in the U.S. Billboard Top 200 and number one in the U.K. album charts. Happy Christmas, Happy Christmas, Julie. So this is Christmas. On November 11th in America, just in time for the holiday season and to help promote the album The John Lennon Collection, Geffen Records released the single Happy Christmas War is Over. It's backed with Beautiful Boy by John Lennon. So this is Christmas I hope you have fun The near and the dear ones The old and the young A few days later on November 15th in the UK Parlophone Records released the single Love by John Lennon the song is taken from the album The John Lennon Collection and features a rare non-fade-in piano introduction.
in America on Thursday, November 25th. The programs normally seen at this time will not be presented today so that we may bring you the following NBC special, the 56th annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's Thanksgiving Day. But over in Paris, France on November 25th and 26th, Paul and Linda McCartney attend the opening of Linda's exhibition of pictures from her book Photographs at La Galerie Gagnon. It was quite a flurry of excitement here at Broadcasting House not long ago when Paul and Linda McCartney arrived in the building. They'd come to visit us on Woman's Hour, and it was Linda, as a matter of fact, who was the focus of attention because she'd been making quite a name for herself with her photography. Her latest book, called Photographs, is a collection of some of the black and white pictures that she's taken over the last 20 years, and she has a touring exhibition of her work. I asked Linda when we met whether pictures had always interested her quite as much as words. Yes, um, always been a, a dreamer, really, looking out the window in school. The teachers used to tell my parents I used to watch the butterflies instead of looking at my books. And I was in Arizona, which is the southwest of America, very beautiful place. And a friend of mine told me about a course at the art center on photography, and she insisted that I go there, and it was in the evening. And I only went twice, but it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't, the woman wasn't showing us how to take pictures. She talked more about the history of photography and showed us photographs by Cartier-Bresson, Steichen, and some really great photographers. And I absolutely was hooked on it from that time on. You specialized quite early on, I think, in rock musicians. Mm. You had rather a lucky break in that direction, didn't you, by picking up an invitation that wasn't really meant for you? Well, I was a receptionist at a fashion magazine, and I used to see all the invitations that came in, and I was never interested, but then there was one that invited one of the staff to uh, outing with the Rolling Stones, sort of a press thing. So I sort of took the invitation, put it in my drawer, and went to the yacht, and there were millions of people there, millions of photographers. It was, this was about 60, well, I don't know, 66, 65. They were very, a very, very big group. Very then. big in America then. Can you remember any of the shots that you took on that trip? Oh, most of them, yes. Especially Charlie Watts and um, Bill Wyman. I took some lovely pictures of them. I've never really published them, but Charlie Watts sat in a corner on the boat most of the time, didn't say much, you know, but he has a great face. <laughs> picture of Paul in the new collection. He's sitting in a London underground mm. train in the tube. Now that's interesting on lots of levels. The one that interests me is that I didn't know that Paul McCartney travelled on the tube. Well that one was taken when I first came to England. We used to travel a lot on buses and tubes. We still still do actually. Someone's pardon 
we were taking pictures of each other. He took some nice ones of me as well. There's a photograph in the collection, too, of the rock singer Janis Joplin, who mm. died a long time ago. And I think it was taken before you were really professionally known. But it's a very yeah. interesting one, because she looks really sort of ill and sad and old and rather rattled. Was that what interested you about her face? No, I, I met her in San Francisco before they'd ever come to the East Coast of America. And I actually liked her group very much, Big Brother and the Holding Company. I thought they were <laughs> fabulous. And her face interests me. And she, she was from Texas and a very hard woman, very insecure woman. And she, I enjoyed photographing her and the others. getting their skin starts getting a bit rough as they say so that shows up in that photograph there's some lovely pictures of john lennon and yoko ono some ones of yoko on her own but the one i like to john and yoko is a very peaceful one again of them they mm -hmm. seem to be listening to something as you photograph them was that what they were doing well it was taken the picture you're talking about was taken while the, the beatles were recording the white album and I think John and Yoko were very, very close then. She's not a girl who misses much. Du -du 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 -du. Oh, yeah. She's well acquainted with the touch of the velvet hand like a lizard on a window pane. In the crowd with the multicolored mirrors on his hobnail boots Lying with his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime A soap impression of his wife which he ate and donated to the National Trust John felt so relaxed with Yoko, I know she was just sort of touching him And they just seemed at peace, almost like they weren't in the room you must have an awful lot of valuable photographs. You were saying earlier you had some of the Rolling Stones mm. that you'll perhaps never show, but will be valuable to you for your own personal reasons. Oh, yes. I look through them a lot and I think, oh, I love that one. Just all millions of different people. Memories galore. Your horse, Lucky Spot, mm. is an interesting subject of one of the photographs. I think people who don't know what Appaloosa horses look like will be rather startled by his appearance, even though it's in black and white. Well, they're Spanish originally. But they're American Indian ponies. 
Linda's latest book, Photographs, is published in hardback. Over in the UK on December 6th. Come on, 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 come on. Parlophone Records release the Beatles Singles Collection. The collection consists of 26 7-inch vinyl 45 RPM records of the band's original singles from 1962 through 1970. They are all housed in a collector's case box. Not to be outdone in the United States, MGM UA released on video cassette The Complete Beatles, a video retrospective of the group from the beginning through the rise of fame. And they played like no other music group in history. Now The Complete Beatles, a feature-length, never-before-released Delilah Films documentary of their backstage and public antics. The people in the cheaper seats, clap your hands. And the rest of you, you just rattle your jewelry. Their concert triumphs, and above all, their incredible music. From poor Liverpool days to musical immortality. Let there be Beatles, the complete Beatles. Now in your own home on MGM UA video cassettes or video discs. Plus, three other new MGM UA home video releases. Elvis on tour. The Emmy Award-winning first Barry Manilow special and The Secret Policeman's Other Ball with members of the Monty Python crew all in stereo on video cassettes and video discs from MGM UA Home Video. The greatest film studio on earth brings it home to you. On November 30th in America, Epic Records released the album Thriller by Michael Jackson. This LP became Jackson's first number one album on the U.S. Billboard Top 100 charts where it spent 37 non-consecutive weeks at number one. This is what you've got to do. You're really hot. It's just starting. Um, it just had off the wall. And I said, you've got to make some great videos. So he went off and made Thriller and things yeah. like that.
got to get a really good manager because it's all going to be coming in and it could all go out if you don't. Uh, and I said, and you ought to think of getting into song publishing. album went on to be certified 33 times platinum. By the end of the following year, Thriller would become the world's best-selling album, having sold 32 million copies. Jackson now had acquired wealth beyond imagination and had the capital to invest in anything he wanted. I'm going to get your songs. I'm going to buy your songs. Two days later, on December 8th in New York City, Street from the Dakota right now, where about 300 people who remember John Lennon are, are out here and were surprised about two hours ago to receive 100 free cups of coffee sent to them by Yoko Ono. And little Sean himself came down, escorted by his bodyguards, and they were, he was giving out T-shirts. On the T-shirts were emblazoned, It's All Right. That's Yoko's latest album. Two years doesn't seem like two years at all. It's hurt. It still hurts a lot. I think last year, last year we couldn't come down because last year it was still too new. Yeah, it hurt too and much. It hurt too much year. to even listen to the songs, to even come anywhere near here. The stately Dakota off Central Park, where he and his family chose to live, where he was killed on December 8, 1980. The flowers still come. The people do too along with some of the feelings that Lennon left with us. John started to talk about peace and everything. I'm a very peaceful person, I guess. And it just meant a lot to me. And, and for him to die like he did really hurt me a lot. Yet the senior side of events continue around Lennon's murder. Reports are that earlier this year, Yoko Ono was receiving old Beatle albums with bullet holes in them. Son Sean still needs a bodyguard escort to and from school. Central Park today, the section renamed Strawberry Field, where the Lennons walked often. His widow, now the head of a vast financial and recording empire, released for media usage an excerpt of her new album today under the same cover as her statement, marking this, the second anniversary of his murder. We'd like to say thank you to all the love and praise sent to us, which helped us through the hard times. And thank you for loving John. Let's have a good year. And we love you. His music, mystique, and memory being remembered, commemorated here tonight in front of the Dakota Central Park West. Back 
to you. Yoko Ono has been quoted as saying that she still has a partnership with John Lennon, though he is upstairs and she is downstairs. Scott Muni, a disc jockey with WNEW, had an exclusive interview with her, and he explains what she meant. She told me she sits and before making a decision, and she concentrates, and she does get some sort of strength and feeling, and sometimes even uh, help in making a decision, and she feels there's something there. say that they'll stay for a few more hours and then they'll leave but they also say that john lennon the man and his music will be with them all year round reporting live from the dakota in the late evening new york radio station wnew fm 102.7 broadcast the interview with dj scott muni and yoko ono here are some excerpts from my cassette recording of the show on that day And uh, back at about 11 o'clock, Dave Herman will be here. In the meantime, this special interview that Scott Muni had with Yoko uh, very recently, about a week or so ago, he spent a good deal of time with her over in the Dakota. And we want to present that to you tonight on this very special of nights. I'm Scott Muni. Last week I had the rare privilege of visiting Yoko Ono Lennon at her home in the Dakota. We spent several hours together that evening, and at times we laughed, at times we cried. But the whole time, I was touched by this very special human being. She wants very much to reach out to everyone who gave her consolation when she most needed it. And this interview is her way of thanking us all. It was an unforgettable experience that I'm happy to share with you. My conversation with Yoko Ono. In a very short amount of time, in December, there will be people doing things to remember John. And I would like to know, or I would like some input or thought from you, so what's the best way to do that? You see, because something like this never happened before. Well, I think that the best thing that we can do for the world is to be a little bit kinder. And when I say kinder to each other, well, that we've been told so many times uh, by our parents or by the society, be kind to others, you know. But we were never told to be kind to ourselves. If we can't be kind to ourselves, how could we be kind to others, you know. And uh, we're so always strict uh, about ourselves, you know, and uh, this whole guilt complex that the society has is virtually stopping us from uh, going forward. And the fact that I rethink that uh, human beings only use 10% of our brains, why? Is because we're so repressed, and what's repressing us is our guilt complex. And I just like to say, I just like to go to each one of the people in our family, when I say family, the family that, that, that shared this sorrow, what happened, and who will be remembering that, and who will be probably crying or feeling sad that day, I'd like to go to each one of them, hold their hands and say, you're all right, you know. Don't worry, you're all right, you know. Because we are all right. 
I mean, this is a feeling that I have, a very strong feeling I have, because, well, uh, the other day, I was just sort of talking to a woman who was saying, oh, well, you know, uh, my boys, uh, one is 21 and the other is 28. Just like that, you know. And since uh, what happened in 1980, both Sean and I are very caring of each other in a sense that every day I'm thankful that he's alive and he's well and he's happy, you know. And every day he's sort of concerned about my life. And so we're sort of thankful about, oh, thank God, thank, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, that we are alive again once, one more day, you know. And uh, I, I'm really determined to uh, live very long so he doesn't have to become an orphan which is a a big concern for him you know and so uh and then i want to see him grow up into 28 30 whatever you know but when somebody just says casually oh 21 and 28 lady that's beautiful it's a beautiful thing what a beautiful happiness you've got you know i'm worried about well he's finally seven now thank you very much i hope he's going to be eight you know that sort of thing and here's just sort of some woman casually saying oh um uh, i've I've got two sons one is 21 one's 28 you know and she doesn't probably realize what a beautiful happiness she's got you know and uh, the other day I was just watching outside, and it was after the rain, and I was watching uh, the sky and the park and everything, and it is so beautiful. You don't have to do a lot to be thankful or be happy or to appreciate the beauty. It's all there. You know, it's such a beautiful, rich world, you know. And so um, what I like to say to each one of the people who are listening to this or whatever is that I really think you're beautiful just the fact that you lived this long what a tremendous thing I mean all of us each of us are like a hero when you focus into one person's life just that one day and see what this body this mind is going to do 24 hours that day and you focus it really close, like how the molecules in the cell are dividing or this and that, you know? You'll just be amazed what a miracle this body is, what a miracle we are, and what the body and the mind goes through that one day. I mean, so heroic. Just the fact that you survived so many years and on top of it had a relationship and had a baby and you're taking care of them. I mean, it's just, miraculous, you know? And so we should all be thankful about what we are, not what the others are. Yes, we will be thanking that too, but first of all, can we be thankful uh, that we are what we are, you know? And just sort of say to yourself in the mirror, you know, hey, you're right, you know? Because we are all right. I think it's going to be a beautiful world because uh, people who are saying that we are naive to think that way, other naive people. We are the realists. They're the dreamers. Because uh, when you think about the reality of all these billions and billions of people covering the earth, all thinking of one thing, that is they have three wishes. That is, one, to be loved, to love, and two, to be happy, and three, to survive. We all want to survive. So, It's naive to think that that kind of 
strong design dream can be just erased like that. John lives in all of us, all of yes. us who knew John, you know. Yeah. And I think that <clears throat> part of us is growing. I don't think that it's that easy to kill a human being. I think that he is still alive in a sense of his spirit mm. will always survive. His words, his music, his song. Well, let me say something about music and all that, because we're talking about music, and I'm, I may be stretching my imagination, but I would say in the last six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, that there's a tremendous amount of things that you people did in the studio. Whether you were experimenting, trying something that you said, okay, I don't want to do that now. That doesn't sound right or anything. Do we have some things coming that aren't, that we don't even know about yet? You're kind of in charge, you know, you're in charge of this thing now. And uh, are we going to have some things that even from the album you did before, just at that time, the album that was well, released? Some, uh, some stuff? Or? Sure. You see, the thing is, uh uh, John and I were always sort of just uh, passing about creating things, you know. So uh, the amount of things that we dished out into the world uh, were just sort of like a tip of the iceberg. And there's a lot of little things, and including, of course, that everybody's asking about, which is the, uh, the remaining tracks of Double Fantasy. You know, yeah, well, I'm talking even before that. Yeah, that right, and other right. things. And other things, too. And so there's a, a tremendous uh, amount of things. And uh, But also I do know that John was a perfectionist and uh, John had his own way of sort of wanting to um, have things come out. And uh, in that sense, yes, I do feel very responsible. That's my responsibility. And uh, I will make sure that uh, things will be presented in the right way at the right time. Because I feel that uh, any creative work that he is, he has done uh, up to now is, uh, is something that should be shared by the world. You like music? You're recording the music, and you're doing an album. The new album is out now and all. Can you tour, or do you want a tour? Oh, I, I didn't... Uh, well, you know, I know that naturally a few well, people ask me that question that happens, this time but, around. Yeah. But um, I wasn't thinking about that, and I still can't think about that, you know? Mm-hmm. That's an area that... Uh, I think that I probably feel more comfortable just uh, making music in the studio at this time. But uh, if I get the urge, I'll do it, you know. This is Scott Muni. We're talking with Yoko Ono Lennon on NEWFM New York. What can we do? Is there something we can do that is common that we can help other people? Or how can we uh, make sort of a, uh, you know, that something's going to happen on his birthday? You know that something's going to happen coming up in December. Uh, well, one thing that is very concrete that's happening is um, some people uh, decided that um, it'd be a good idea to make John's birthday uh, a peace day. And uh, every country has a war memorial day. And I think that's proper and appropriate because uh, soldiers are people and they are the victims of the society and uh, they should get proper attention and for people to think about those people who fought for us and uh, that's very beautiful. 
But at the same time, I think it would be very nice to have a peace day because there's no peace day in any country. And uh, some people thought of that and somehow connected with John's birthday. Uh, but what I like the most is that they're not mentioning the fact that it's John's birthday. It's on October 9th, but that's all, you know, which is how it should be, actually. And uh, uh, they're really trying to uh, <clears throat> ask the United Nations to approve it as the International uh, Peace Day. indicated, rather than mark the anniversary of John's death, we should celebrate the date of his birth, October 9th. And since John Lennon was a man of peace, there is no more fitting way to continue his legacy than by designating October 9th as Peace Day. Any WFM intends to petition the mayor of New York City, the governors of the tri-state area, the president of the United States, and the secretary general of the United Nations to jointly declare October 9th Peace Day in honor of John Lennon. We need your support. We want the full force of the NEWFM family behind this effort. Please send us cards, letters, petitions, anything expressing your desire for the proclamation of Peace Day on October 9th. Let us have a massive outpouring of correspondence that cannot be ignored. Send your message to Peace Day, care of NEWFM, 655 3rd Avenue, New York City, 10017. We will then petition the appropriate authorities and make Peace Day a reality for 1983. Please give us your support. Write Peace Day, care of NEWFM, 655 3rd Avenue, New York City, 10017. And good evening, everyone. This is WNEW FM in New York City, and you have been listening to a conversation that took place between Scott Muni of NEWFM and Yoko Ono at her apartment here in New York City uh, just about a week ago and broadcast to you on this night commemorating the fact that it was two years, not only this night, but this hour that we lost John Lennon. December 25th, Christmas Day.
On December 26th in the UK, it's Boxing Day. Today, BBC Radio 1's ongoing series titled Appreciation with Paul Gambaccini focuses this one-hour episode on Paul McCartney. And now, the end is near. The end of the series, that is. And as I face the final pips, I wonder who I should choose as the subject of my last tribute. This is the 39th program, and yet there are still many artists whose music has meant a great deal to me whom I haven't saluted. People like Van Morrison, the Belfast boy, whose music conveys both sensitivity and passion. The witty and perceptive Kinks, and the Manhattan marvel, Lou Reed. I haven't even tried to deal with acts who have recently emerged and may still be in the ascendancy. Writer-performers such as Elvis Costello, Joe Jackson, and The Police. Some other year, or some other lifetime. If this series is to go out with anything resembling a bang, I must pick the man who has made the biggest musical noise in the last quarter century. A man behind the largest selling single in British history, and the one it replaced. A man with eight American number ones since the breakup of the Beatles. A patriotic chap who would be proud to be told he is the world's most famous living Englishman. We don't need an envelope to reveal the identity of the amazing Paul McCartney. December 31st, New Year's Eve. Now on BBC One, as old father time prepares to see out the old year, we join a New Year celebration in the heart of London. to Times Square, New York. That's it. I'll see you in a couple of hours. This is George saying goodbye to everybody who's been listening. Well, that's it. Thank you for joining us.
more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts yesterday and today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. Wow. (laughs) And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? <laughs> Don't worry, we will. <laughs> you can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterday and today podcast, or facebook.com slash third men, or you could head to society Six com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need your help. <laughs> Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.